Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as Pastor Steve delivers this week's message. The Gospel according to Matthew in chapter number 28 records the events of that first Easter Sunday like this. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. It's obviously a very powerful story. Can you imagine being one of those first ladies and having to go back and try to retell the things that they had experienced? It's one of those kind of, uh, you know, you kind of had to be there type moments. Actually, to be honest, Easter is kind of like that for me as a preacher. I, I'm very excited every time Easter's coming and I'm, I know what the, the events are and, and, and yet I, I know there's things to say, but it seems so big. It's like the message is not going to justify how truly important that this event really was. I mean, for pastors, Easter is like the Super Bowl of church. You know, we, we look forward to this day and we, we, we think about all that can happen on this. In fact, I've had people ask me, are you getting ready for the big day? <laughs> like it's, it's a, a football game I'm about to be a part of. And, and yes, it is big. Every Sunday is a special day. And actually, they're special because they are the celebration of the resurrection. But there is something important about setting aside this day remembering the resurrection in this particular way as we celebrate the most incredible event of all history. Even though Easter is a little bit different this year and we are not together in one building, we are still celebrating and, and I'm so glad that you have joined us this morning to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ in a worship together. But this morning as we look at this passage in Matthew 28, and I've read this several times, but one of the things kind of struck my attention this year, and maybe it's because of the series that we're currently in. We're talking about being unshakable. So with that thought in mind, as I read, there was a couple of things in these verses that just kind of referred that to me. Verse 2, for instance, talks about a, a violent earthquake. I, I don't know if you've personally experienced an actual earthquake. I remember the first one I experienced, I, we were in California and uh, living in San Diego, and in the middle of the night, it's the, the building started shaking, and we, were, we didn't know what to do. I grabbed the baby. We're running under doors. We're jumping in bathtubs. What do you do during an earthquake? We've never experienced anything quite like that before. And I've experienced one or two others, but I, I also know that I've never truly experienced a, a violent earthquake the ones that I've experienced, are, we're 100 miles or so from the epicenter. But this violent earthquake literally got their attention. Something, when you get the, the, the earth shaking and the spot where the earthquake is truly at the centerpiece, that is a powerful force that is in action. Something that truly makes even major cities shakeable, if you would. So I find that appropriate when we're talking in this series about unshakable, as we think even of this, this earthquake Today we're going to talk about something that I believe the resurrection represents, and that is an unshakable power. 
An unshakable power that, that through the resurrection we'll see in no other place in the scriptures or in, in history itself is the power of the resurrection. Actually, the word shaking is, is used a couple times in these verses. Verse 2, it talks about the earthquake. Verse number 4, it actually says that the guards shook. Now, I have some friends and, uh, that would say that the guards were shook, and literally they were. They were literally shaking. You have these seasoned Roman soldiers who were shaking in their sandals. I mean, it's clean up on aisle four. It's that serious of an event that's happening to them. And so with the focus on that unshakable power that's, that's revealed in the resurrection, we want to talk about how the, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we know them to be the most important events in history but there are people around the world today, this weekend, that will be in some form remembering the events of the death and resurrection. And they'll be doing it reverently and, and maybe differently than before, but still doing it in a reverent fashion. But sadly, many people, including Christians, kind of consider Easter just another of historical events. They'll, we'll get through this day and it's kind of like, oh, that was nice. What's for lunch? We, we kind of just see it as a historical event. And yet, when we look at the resurrection, what we look at is a, it's a force. It's a power that only God truly has. And this force, this unshakable power that brought Jesus back from death and now is available to do something of, of magnitude within our lives, this is truly an unshakable power for now and for eternity. Let me let you listen to a few words from the book of Philippians chapter 3. Paul's writing to his friends and he says this, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. He'll later say to his friends in, in Ephesus, these words, chapter 1, he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible, and, and your version might say incomparable or immeasurable greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Now look how he describes it. This is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead. We're talking about unshakable power. Now, here's a major thought that I want us to drive home today and, and listen and think about how critical this is. The most important thing in life is knowing Christ and experiencing the power of his resurrection. Knowing Christ and experiencing the power of his resurrection. Now, just like those ladies that were first there at the tomb and they saw that the stone was rolled away and that Jesus was alive, they realized that resurrection is not just a story of history. It's not even just Jesus' story. The resurrection is truly our story. You too are a part of the resurrection, this unshakable power. What I want to do this morning is walk through these this message from the angel in Matthew chapter 28 as he spoke to the, to the ladies. And I want to just, just look for a few moments at the simple but powerful, power-filled message of Easter, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's what the angel said to them, verse number five again. Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. In very simple terms, here's how he begins. The resurrection says this to us. There is nothing to be afraid of. And nothing is not an exaggeration. We are truly saying because of the resurrection power, there is nothing to be afraid of. Now, there was 
could be a lot of things to be considered that these folks could have been afraid of. I mean, just think about this. There's some Roman soldiers, serious grizzled Roman soldiers that have been standing guard who have now, out of fear, fainted. The women come upon that scene, and then also seeing an angel is not something common to them. But also don't forget that they're still reeling from the events of the crucifixion. It's been just a few hours, literally, since they saw Jesus die and they saw death in in its real form. We know as humans, fear of dying is something we learn quite early, and it's a part of of our existence, and and they've seen it front and center. They know death is real. They've seen their their friend that has died, and now they come upon this scene. There there would be a lot to, to possibly be afraid of. Let me ask you a question this morning. What are you most frightened about right now? What is it about life? What is it about culture? What is it about the things that we're going through? What is, it, what is it that most concerns you about the world, the life in which we're living? You see, what, what we know about the resurrection power is because of the resurrection, he takes care of, of the, if, if resurrection is real, then fear is unnecessary. Even when we have peace in troubling times, even when the times are still in trouble, when it's not just that they're gone, if you remember last week we talked about in, in uh, John chapter 14, Jesus made this incredible statement in verse 27. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That was a powerful verse about peace. When he said it before the crucifixion, it it was powerful, but it can almost seem a little bit shallow if you think about it. It's almost like someone coming to you and saying, oh, it's going to be okay. Everything's all right. And yet you know that it's still, there's still trouble coming. Now that we have the resurrection, what we have is before it was, it had, it didn't have the teeth that it has now. Now that death is defeated, now that death is done, then, then it literally there is no teeth to fear. Uh, fear is a, is a toothless lion. He, he has a loud roar, but there's nothing to bite with. The understanding is this. There is nothing to be afraid of because of the power of the resurrection. The angel continues, verse number six, and he says this, he is not here. He has risen just as he said. I want to stop and do something here that we we traditionally do it at Calvary every year. I, I just feel like it's a great opportunity on the Easter Sunday. And actually, we borrowed it from centuries of history and tradition of the Greeks. When they would get, uh, find someone on Easter Sunday, they said, he is risen. And they would respond with, he is risen indeed. So often in church on Easter Sunday, I'll, I'll say from the stage, he is risen. And the congregation responds, he is risen indeed. Just a wonderful exclamation. So let's do that. I mean, I know you're at home. This is a little bit different and wherever you're watching. But I'll say he is risen and, and you respond, he is risen indeed. All right? Make sure the neighbors can hear you. Okay, here we go. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, that was good. You almost got it. Let's try it one more time. He is risen. He is risen Indeed, I think I heard some of you. It was fantastic. What a, what a wonderful statement. But why is that so significant? The fact that he is risen. Here's the second thing the angel tells us is God will do the impossible. Don't miss the fact that the, the Easter, the resurrection, is an absolute miracle. These ladies that are hearing these words, it was literally just hours before that they had seen uh, Joseph of Arimathea take the dead body of Jesus, quickly wrap it in cloth and 
and, and put it in his, his grave and, and then roll a stone in front of the tomb. They, it was done so quickly, they weren't able to give a proper anointing and they weren't able to properly mourn. And so now what we have is friends coming to a graveside to literally pay their last respects. But we all know, and they were quite aware, when you come to a grave and the body's dead and been in, in the grave for some time. I mean, that's it. That, that, it's over. There, there's nothing that anyone can do about it now but cry, right? So when they come and they see the, the stones rolled away, the body is gone, and that he is alive, they can realize something. There is literally nothing impossible with God. There's nothing that God can't do. If he can resurrect them from the grave, and resurrection proves that once and for all. So since God can make the impossible possible, then what else can God do? Well, the the answer is anything. But what does God specifically say that the resurrection can do that in other other ways would be impossible? Let me me share with you a couple things we find from the Scriptures. The first is this, that God's resurrection power will cancel your past. Now think about that. That's, That's truly impossible. The power to cancel your, your past, your failures, your mistakes, your sins, your, your bad judgment. Now, now, by cancel, that doesn't mean that it, it denies that the past ever happened, as if we just it, we block it out. It literally means we're talking about canceling as eliminating or neutralizing or disabling or offsetting something. You know, you've been through a project before. You're halfway through. You're painting your house, and you look and think, ooh, I don't like that color. I wish I could start over. You know, a lot of people would want to say that about their lives. You know, they're, they're moving and the things that have happened and their mistakes and their, and their failures. And boy, I wish I could wipe them out and just, just start over. Bad decisions, problems, all of those issues. If only I hadn't done that, but I did and I blew it. So now i got to pay for it the rest of my life. There, there's an unnecessary guilt and, and shame and burden that's cast upon us that the resurrection can take care of, those memories of past mistakes. Listen how Paul describes it in Colossians chapter number 2. He says, when, we were dead in, when you were dead in your sins, God made you alive. There's resurrection. God made you alive with Christ, and notice what he did. He forgave us all our sins. He made us alive. He forgave us. And then verse 4 goes on to say, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross." Paul takes those, those events, the cross and, and the fact that Jesus gave his life as our sacrifice and he took our sins, he nailed them to the cross and then with the resurrection, it took that power, it took that, those, those mistakes, the past, the, the sins and he literally nailed them, took them away. It took away the, the power that they could hold in our lives. I, I love Rick Warren. He makes this statement about, about this particular thing when he says, God knows all the things we've done wrong but he didn't come to rub it in he came to rub them out. He came to, to cancel them as, as a force in our life. It's like that etcher sketch that we used to use as kids. Remember the little knobs and you create a picture and then you're done with it. You, you shake it and you start over again. Do you understand? That's what Jesus can do in our lives because of the power of the resurrection. Jeremiah put it this way. God says, your sins I will remember no more. How is that possible? Because you see, when he was on the cross, one of the last words Jesus said was, it is finished. And the language, that was one word that literally means to be canceled, to be uh, paid in full. 
It was used for bills that were, were finished and they were stamped, paid in full, or a, a prisoner that his sentence was commuted. It was canceled. He says what Jesus did on the cross is he took our sins and he, wiped, he disabled them from our lives and the resurrection now gives that life, gives that power. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, Romans 8, 1 is a verse for us. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Think about no condemnation. The sin, the, the failures, the mistakes, the bad choices. You're in Christ. They've been nailed to the cross. Now you're no longer condemned. He cancels the past. Only the power of the resurrection can do that. The resurrection power, it does the impossible. Cancels our past, but it also, God's resurrection power will secure your future. You see, death is still an inevitability for us as humans in this body. And it's a mystery. No matter what we hear and talk about it, we still don't quite get it. So with that mystery comes a, a measure of fear. So what Jesus' death and, and resurrection does for us, it not only proves that there is life after death, but it actually proves to us that we, that we can have life after death. There is life beyond the grave. The, the death is not the end. For those who know Christ, death is just a transition. You're moving from this life to the best life. That's part of what, First Corinthians chapter 6, listen to what he says. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. He raised Jesus from the dead, and now as his people, he, we will be raised as well. Knowing this, how the story ends gives us hope right now in whatever we're facing. There, there's an old song that I, I remember from years gone by. It just simply says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. And that's a wonderful song, and many of you are singing. I can tell you're humming it right now. But the, story, the, the song was written by a couple, Bill and Gloria Gaither, back in, in the early 70s. And they wrote this song, and by their own testimony, it was a time when the country was in upheaval. There was, there was issues. There was betrayal. There was war. There was, doesn't sound a whole lot different than today, but they were going through all this, and about that time, they had their third son. And as they were looking at their son and they're thinking of all the uncertainty he's going to grow up with, they said it was as if God rushed over them with this feeling of peace. And with that, they wrote these words and listened to it as they're holding their son. How sweet to hold our newborn baby and feel the pride and the joy he gives. But greater still is the calm assurance that this child can face uncertain days because he, Jesus, lives. Because he lives, he talks about Easter in the beginning. Then because he lives, we have hope. And then the end of the song says, because he lives, we're going to see the it, it, heaven and Jesus reigns. All because of the power of the resurrection. Because Jesus is alive. Paul tells us this in Romans chapter 8. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Since the spirit that raised Jesus lives in me, then there's no such thing as a death threat for me. You can't threaten me with something that, that can't happen. God has taken that sting of death away from me. It is it, because my, my future is secure. When I take my final breath here, I just simply transition to my eternal existence because his spirit is always alive in me. But this verse, there's more to it than just life after death. 
This spirit living in me gives life to this mortal body right here in, in where I'm living, which takes us to this next thought. God's resurrection power will transform your here and now. Not just secure your future, but also it has an effect on how you're living now. The resurrection has an immediate effect. It has a lifelong effect and an eternal effect on our lives for those who have received it. The reality is we, we cannot experience, though, this resurrection power without going by way of the cross. The fact that we can say we have a secure future and our conspiracy resurrection is because of what Jesus did on the cross. When he gave his life, when he shed his blood, when he became the sacrifice for our sins, it, it, it set the stage for this powerful event called resurrection. But it, we had to go through the cross. We had to go and, and, and his, his blood must must purchase us, must take our sins from us. And then we too, after that, we can experience a forgiveness of our sins. And ultimately then as he rises from the grave, it gives us the ability to, for that life to not only change our eternity, but now it begins to change us right here that we too will die. We too will have a death to our old self, to our old agendas, to our old way of thinking, to the things that we used to do just don't seem the same anymore. They don't fulfill us the way they used to because we too have been to that cross and it's changing our life. It's truly transforming us. Listen to Romans 6. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. The next verse, verse 7 says, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. You see, what the cross and the power of the resurrection does is it sets us free from, well, the penalty of sin because our, our past is canceled, it, it also uh, sets us free from, from the, uh, the, the results of sin because our future is secure, but it also sets us free from the power of sin that still wants to control us and destroy us. And whether in, our, in your life that includes actions and habits and attitudes or addictions or anything that's impossible for us to change, we have someone who's raised from the dead who can make those changes. So we're no longer bound by that sin. We're dead to sin and alive to Jesus. Here's how I said it in Galatians chapter number two. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Romans chapter six, verse four. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, look at this, we too may live a new life. Now that word new is the idea of something that's, that's renewed or being renewed because he says it's, it's so we can live or your version may say walk a new life. This is a, just a constant ongoing renewal of our lives because Jesus is alive, because we've been raised, we've experienced resurrection, we can have a new, a new journey and this is a renewable journey day by day. It's not a one-time event. It's that, that we are constantly being renewed by what God is doing in our lives. One of the greatest examples of this, of this truth, of this proof of the resurrection 
the fact that the resurrection was real was when you look at the lives of the disciples and how their character changed and how their, their lives changed. Before the resurrection, they, they were timid, they were afraid, they were even uh, depressed after the, the events of the crucifixion. They all forsook him and, and Peter had denied him and all of that was, but, but things changed. Something happened. After the resurrection, they're aggressive and they're bold and they're full of joy. Henry Blackaby writes it this way. He says, when you observe the post-resurrection disciples, you see that they have life. Their circumstances didn't matter. They had joy in the midst of suffering, peace in the midst of turmoil. Nothing could take away their passion arising from the everlasting life they'd received from Christ. The resurrection power makes a difference in our lives here and now and the way that life changes around us. This morning, it's our privilege to hear from, from one of our good friends, Sonia Goodman. And Sonia wants to tell the story of how Jesus came into her life and her personal story of how Jesus changed her. So I encourage you to listen to this wonderful story this morning. Number six, the angel continued by saying this, come and see the place where he lay. Okay, so we know there's nothing to be afraid of. God can do the impossible. And now the angel basically says, come and see for yourself. Maybe it was a matter of if, if you're doubting that this is true, come and take a look. Or maybe more importantly, this, is, this isn't just something to talk about or to, to be aware of. This is something to experience personally. Come and see it for yourself. Here's what we know. An earthquake came. An angel rolled away a stone, the stone from in front of the tomb and revealed that Jesus was gone. And now the angel invites the ladies to come and check it out for themselves. Come and experience it personally. Here's what I love. The stone was not moved to get Jesus out. The stone was moved to get witnesses in, to get people to come in and see personally, firsthand, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here's what I know. The power of the resurrection will be for you just a historical event, and you'll believe it or you won't believe it. It, it, it will be that unless you have applied the reality of the resurrection to your life personally. You know, Jesus has made a, an incredible statement earlier in, in his walk here on earth to his friend Martha. They were at the, a funeral service for her brother Lazarus. And there's what Jesus said to her. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, now that's the fact. The fact is that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. But he goes on to say, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asked one final question. He said, do you believe this? Now, that's the most important question that, that you're going to answer today or, or ever, I believe, is do you believe this? And, and that's more than mentally saying, yes, I believe it happened. I believe it was a historical event. The question is, have you personally experienced the power of the resurrection? Do you know, have you believed that Jesus' death and resurrection was the solution for your sin problem, that you were a sinner, needed a Savior, and Jesus was the only way that that, that that would change? And so have you personally received the resurrection power from Jesus that he has provided? Has resurrection become personal to you? Paul puts it this way. This is how we personalize it. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 9 if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, Paul says you will be saved. 
It's personally applying. It's saying, God, you are Lord, and I believe that you died and rose again, and you did it for me, and you personally received that gift of salvation. Is resurrection personal to you? Come and see. Come and experience it for yourself. Let me finish up the angel's message. Verse number 7, the angel finishes with these words, Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He is risen from the dead. Jesus is alive, so we have nothing to fear. Jesus is alive, so God will do the impossible. And we also know that we can come and see it for ourselves and experience it. But then the angel says, so now go and tell somebody what you've experienced. You know, we've been using this word a lot around here lately, the idea of sharing. (laughs) Facebook, like us, share us. And for those of you that do, thank you very much. It helps so many. But we've been talking about that. And, but that word's not totally unlike what Jesus tells the ladies here. I can just imagine if they'd had a, you know, a, a, an iPhone, Mary taking a selfie at the, at the tomb with the angel, you know, and, and sharing it to all of her friends. But it has a lot more significance than just some social media phenomenon. This is the fact that Jesus wants us to know him and experience his power, and there are people all around us that need to hear that truth. And if you've personally experienced the the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, then you have good news. And there are people around you in your family, in your neighborhood, that need to hear this. And it's about now that we have, we've seen it personally, it's about telling someone. That's God's pattern through this. Come and see, and then go and tell. After you've, you've experienced it, now, now share that with someone. You've experienced the resurrection, so you, you are a witness to the res- resurrection. Now the point is, you are a witness, now be a witness to the resurrection. It's not just knowing it, experiencing it, but using our mouths and sharing it with those around us that need it. Acts chapter 1 says that God will provide the power for us to do this, But we're going to have to open our mouths and share what we know and and let this truly be a part of who we are. That's unshakable resurrection power. Here's what we know. Jesus is alive. Here's what the message of Easter boils down to. Because he's alive, there's no reason for us to fear. Whatever we're going through, whatever we will go through, we're people of faith, not of fear. So there's nothing to fear. God can and will do the impossible in whatever that is in your life, things that you can't handle, things that you can't change. God can do the impossible in your life, in the lives of the ones we love. He can take an impossible situation, an impossible marriage, an impossible relationship, impossible circumstances in our world. God still does the impossible because of resurrection power. We know because he's alive we can come and experience firsthand, personally, that power. We can, we can know his power in our life for eternity. We can know that our future is secure, and we can feel him working in us on a daily basis. Because he's alive, we now have a message to go and share with others. We have good news that we can tell someone. And I would encourage you, and I want to consider, who could I tell soon, today, maybe even this week? You know, it's interesting, the answers that you'll find when you research this particular question, because I did it this week. What's considered the most powerful force in the world? The most powerful force in the universe? 
there's some interesting answers. They, they threw out things like a black hole and the, the, the gravitational pull that even light can't escape the pull of, of a black hole and, the, and, and, and just how powerful that truly is. They also mentioned things like a, the gamma rays that come from a star that's exploded. And, and here was a description that there's more energy in that explosion than our sun could produce in a period of 10 billion years. Now that's some explosion. That's some power. Or maybe it's even more personal. Some would say the most powerful force is intelligence or, or it's love. However you would describe it, I believe the evidence is really clear that there is no greater power than the resurrection power that God displayed when Jesus rose again. It's a power that brings life out of death. It's incomparable. It's immeasurable. It's unshakable power. And it's a power that can move into our lives, change us, and give us eternal life forever. So here's our thought again. The most important thing in life is knowing Christ and experiencing the power of his resurrection. So my question is, do you know Christ? Do you personally have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus? Have you personally experienced his resurrection power in your life? Do you know that your sins are forgiven, your past is canceled, and your future is secure? If you are one of his children, are you currently living in that new life, in that renewed life that it comes through the power that's available in the spirit that lives within us? Knowing Christ and experiencing his resurrection power. With that thought in mind, I would invite you to consider some of these next steps Maybe today your next step would be to personally receive Jesus Christ and the power that, that he has provided through his resurrection. And you bow on your knees before him and you recognize yourself as a sinner and pray a prayer something like this. Jesus, I know that I'm lost and I'm a sinner and I believe I need a savior and I believe that you died on a cross for my sins and you rose again. Please save me, forgive me. I want to follow you with my life. Would you receive his gift, his power today? Or perhaps today you're, as a child of God, God, just renew that power in me. I want to live a life that shows that I am a child of, of God with the powerful resurrection in my life. Maybe today you're thinking of a friend, a loved one, who needs to hear this story. So it's God, give me the power. Give me the courage to share my story with someone who needs to hear it today. What is God speaking to you? How can you apply this truth personally to your life? Let me pray for you this morning, and I want to pray for God's peace and God's power to be a part truly of each of our lives. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, thank you for all that we've heard. Thank you for the, the wonderful testimony of Sonia and how you've changed her life. And I know you changed my life, and many that are listening to me, thank you for that, that life-changing power of the resurrection. Lord, we want to live in that power. We want you to renew us. We want to live as knowing that the Holy Spirit works within us. God, I pray if there's one under the sound of my voice who's not yet received your gift of eternal life, may today be the day they call to you and they respond to that resurrection power in their life. God, thank you for what you can and will do in us for now and forever through the power of the resurrection. We give you the praise and the honor and the glory in the name of Jesus, we ask all these things. Amen.